coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement question. Call us now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about winter storms. They can put a damper on your holiday fun if they cause a power outage. But there is a way to make sure you never get left in the dark again. It's called a backup standby generator. It's a solution that's surprisingly very affordable. We're going to have some tips to help you pick the best option for your home coming up. Well, in the event that you do lose power at your money pit, you might be very tempted to walk around your house from room to room with a burning candle, which really is not the best idea. Because, you know, there are hundreds of fires which are caused by candle mishaps, especially this time of year. So later this hour, we're going to take a look at the best ways to enjoy the ambiance of candlelight, but stay safe at the same time. And after the guests have left and before the leftovers get served, we bet that you'll be faced with lots of post-holiday cleanup chores. That's why coming up, we've got a quick tip to make that cleanup just a little bit easier after the holidays, including how not to be picking up those needles or tinsels, say, in the July. Yeah, I always find them under the rug, like sometime around June, July. <laughs> a special <laughs> little surprise, a little reminder of the holiday festivities. Oh, it puts me in the mood for the following Christmas. <laughs> and we've got a great prize for you this hour. We're giving away one that can help you do a quick couch makeover in your house. We've got a suede stretch slipcover from our friends over at SureFit. It's worth 130 bucks, but it could be yours for free. So pick up the phone and give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let us hold you with your next project let's get right to those phones leslie who's first pauline in new jersey is dealing with a situation where a wall and window are coming apart what can we do for you before i start i'd like to thank you both so much for your wonderful show well you're very welcome Thanks, pauline you you absolutely have explanations that are so uncomplicated that for anybody like myself who knows very little about fixing things you make it so interesting that i just want to listen to it every week well, thank but, you very much. Yes, and I recommended it to other people as well. You're excellent. But okay. now I'll ask you for my, my question. <laughs> I have a side wall around a single hung double pane window. Okay. It's a double window facing the front of my house in my living room. And all of a sudden I noticed a few weeks ago stains on the side wall that frames the window, and the caulking is away from the frame of the mm-hmm. window. It, okay. On the, is... This a problem? There's no water on the sill. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, siding do you have? Uh, vinyl. All right. Well, first of all, we want to know if there's an active leak or not. Uh, okay. Do you think it's a it's leaking, or do you think it's just? I don't. Uh, I don't know because what it is is it's not. I have a top like a transom type window right. that's mm-hmm. the very top. It's nine foot ceilings. Then I have the top window. It's a track house, so the top the top window is not a, a double hung. It's a single hung. The cracking is starting. On just above where the fr- where okay. it would lock. What you're explaining is normal wear and tear, normal movement inside a house. You almost always get some expansion and contraction, and the gap between the window trim and the inside wall is going to move. And so from time to time, you do need to re-caulk that. You do okay. that with a latex caulk. Latex? It's a very easy project. Yeah, don't use the silicone because it'll get real gooey on you. But basically use a latex caulk. And uh, you can use that very special caulking tool. You have five of them on each hand. Just smear it in there. <laughs> your finger. Generally, and dip your finger in some water first. Is there a special first. brand that's better than others? Well, all of the sort of the name brand latex products are good. I use DAP a lot. DAP? Okay. Yep, DAP, D-A-P. And you use yep. your finger rather than a, an instrument. That and a sponge, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. pull off the excess. Um, 
once you do that, that will eliminate the uh, the draft and the gap. Uh, and then in terms of the wall itself, if you've got some discoloration there, you're always better off priming it if you don't know what that is because that gives you a neutral, reliable surface on which to apply new paint. Thank so, you again for all your help. You're wonderful, and I, and I love listening to your show. You're welcome, Pauline. Thanks, Thanks so, so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Steve in South Carolina needs help with the crawl space. Tell us what's going on. What I'm looking at is uh, I'll have a crawl space that uh, stays damp sometimes, uh, and uh, when it rains... It seems to get the water that comes underneath the uh, the footing of the foundation. It don't come through the brick, but it comes underneath the footing and then comes back up, and then it makes a little stream that runs around and goes back out the bottom of the of the house. You know, it eventually goes out. But I just wondering how you stop that from coming in. Does it seem to get worse after a heavy rainfall? Yeah, well, heavy rainfall, it'll. Um, It'll puddle up a little bit at the crawl space door, and then by right. the next day, it'll filter out. Right. Well, in, in any case, the way to deal with this is starting outside that crawl space area, Steve, by looking at the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter. I, I Leslie, I'd start here at the roof, probably. Yeah, you want to make sure that you've got gutters along your house and that the gutters are clean and your downspouts are free-flowing. And then you want to look at where the downspouts deposit the water. You want to make sure that it's not depositing all that runoff at the foundation wall. You want it to sort of go three feet or so away from the house. You want to get that water away. You want to look at the grading. You want to make sure that you slope down about four inches over six feet so that it's just gradually slopes away so that the water moves away from it. You want to make sure if you've got any, you know, um, stones or anything holding dirt and water in a flower bed around a foundation that you allow that to have more drainage. If you work from the outside in, it really does a great job of keeping the moisture out. And especially since you see more water with a rainfall, it really is consistent with water that's happening outside. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. It is perfect time to make your list of New Year's resolutions, and perhaps one of them is to finally fix that squeaky front door (laughs) or save more money by, you know, not using so much energy. So whatever it is, we want to help you get everything all lined up for a fantastic 2009. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. 888-666-3974. Coming up, storms, blizzards, even some bad snow can knock out power in your area, but you don't have to get left in the dark. When we come back, we're going to tell you all the ins and outs of installing a power system that never, ever goes away. You're in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Scretti. And you should pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a SureFit Stretch Suede Slipcover. It's worth 130 bucks. Now, these are fantastic slipcovers. They just sit right on top of your existing sofa. You do a little tucking. Everything looks fantastic. And the best part is that they are completely 
completely washable. So if things get a little out of hand on New Year's Eve, you don't have to worry. You can wash all of those wine stains away after a fantastic party, but you got to be in it to win it. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Now, if you've ever been in a power outage, say during a bad winter storm or these days, Perhaps there seems to be no reason your power just goes out. You know it's not fun. It's pretty inconvenient. You're in the dark. You're probably cold with no way to power your fridge, your lights, or just about anything else in your house. And with the aging power grid, blackouts are becoming more and more common. That's why it's a good time to think about installing emergency backup power, especially if you've got kids or an elderly person in your home that really, really needs to have that power 24-7. Yeah, and power outages, they can cause numerous risks from illness, from foodborne bacteria, you know, and not to mention the money that gets wasted when an entire refrigerator or freezer full of food gets completely spoiled. And then there's also the risk of fire from candle use, which you should never do, by the way. And then there's also the risk of heat stroke or hypothermia, depending on what the weather is, whether it's super hot or cold outside. Either way, you want to make sure that the air inside your home is conditioned to the right temperature situation. Well, a great way to avoid all of this is to install a standby backup generator. These are fantastic appliances that have become a permanent part of many homes' mechanical systems. And basically, they're there when you need it. In fact, my house is actually powered by a Guardian standby generator. It's fantastic. It comes on within about 15 seconds of us losing our power. And the only thing that's not so hot is when the neighbors line up with all of the milk and cheese and eggs that I need to refrigerate (laughs) until the neighborhood comes back on again. If you want more tips on backup standby generators, we would recommend Generac.com. That's the website for the Guardian generators, Generac.com. You can check out the different options there. And as I said before, they are surprisingly affordable, not so hard to install, and can have you powered up permanently in a very short time frame. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones and power up some home improvement projects. Leslie, who's next? Let's head on over to Anne in New Jersey, who's got a hole in the basement wall. What's going on? I was in my kitchen, and I heard water running down my in my basement. I go down my basement, and there's a hole. It's like 34 inches. I measured it from the corner and about 25 inches up from the floor, and it's coming in like a faucet. Okay. Huh. Now, about 10 years ago, I had my basement waterproofed. Uh, There's a drain pipe on on the corner. And I'm wondering, could that have broken or something? And let me ask you a question. Uh, What was the weather like when uh, you found this? Had it rained recently? It had started pouring. Yeah. Well, this is an easy fix, Anne. The uh, the good news is that the reason that the wall leaked is because you have poor drainage conditions right outside the wall. And by that I mean that the gutters are blocked or the downspout is not directed far enough against the foundation or the soil is flat and holding water against that. Now, the solution is twofold. First of all, we want you to fix up the drainage conditions outside. And if you go to moneypit.com and search wet basement, you'll find everything you need to know to do just that. Secondly, in terms of that hole... That's just a simple repair. Go to a home center, pick up an epoxy patching compound, and fill that hole in. It's kind of like you'd spackle a wall. It's just a little bit stiffer material. And those two things will stop that from leaking. 
And thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Bonnie in North Dakota needs some help keeping a crawl space warm. Tell us about what's going on. Uh, I was just wondering how you insulate a crawl space when the floor joists go one direction and then your water lines go another direction. Very carefully. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not so hard to do. I mean, that's very common that the the water lines are going to go perpendicular to the floor joists. Typically, you want to use unfaced bat insulation, so unfaced fiberglass. You're going to carefully, I would use the pre-cut pieces. They're easier to handle. And you're going to squeeze those up in between the floor joists. You're going to support them in place with wire hangers. And whenever you come to a place where there's pipes in the way, just sort of work the insulation around it. But remember, don't jam the insulation in. Don't compress it because insulation has to be fluffy to work properly. Okay. And then after you get the insulation in, make sure you put a vapor barrier down across the crawl space floor to reduce the amount of humidity in the crawl space. That will help keep the insulation drier Mm -hmm. and make it even more effective. Because once it gets moist, it, it cuts the R value. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome, Bonnie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. James in Kentucky, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I've got a 1968 Buddy trailer that's semi-stuck into the house still yet. Hmm. And I'm just curious enough to call you to find out whether or not it would be worth my while to pull the rest of it out. Or James, what's a Buddy trailer? It's a uh, 12 by 60 trailer. Okay. House trailer okay. that was built by Buddy. Okay. Okay. And uh, my wife bought it about 20 years ago. We've mm-hmm. been married 18 years, and I've been building on to it ever since. Okay. I've taken the frame out from underneath it, uh, and the roof is still on it, the original roof. We, there's an A-frame over the top of it, but the original trailer roof is still in there. Okay. And there's still part of the floor there. Okay. But for the most part, the trailer's been eliminated. And we were thinking of selling our house, and I was just wondering if it would be worthwhile to take that out, or is that going to be, I mean, it's going to be in the disclosure that it was once a trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that right now um, you're probably better off just disclosing what it is, unless it's, there's anything, is there anything wrong with it? I mean, is it, uh, is it a problem in any way? Uh, not for the most part. It's all just about brand new. Well then, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disturb it. I mean, I would disclose it and let the next owner decide if it's an issue or not. But I wouldn't spend money, you know, trying to eliminate it just because maybe it wasn't built properly. If it's not been a problem, and you say there's a lot of new stuff in there, I'd disclose it so you're covered and let the let the new owner decide what they want to do. Okay. Well, that's a a real big help. All right, James. I really, we'll... I, I really like to show. Okay, well, thanks so much. You like our show and you like our answer, huh? I love it. But uh, I thank you all very much You're welcome, for James. my question, and it's been a big help, believe me. <laughs> all right, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Gene, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a driveway uh, uh, where a birch tree, uh, the roots of this birch tree are pushing up a hole in my driveway. Okay. And um, I really don't want to lose the tree. Um, it's, I would say it's about um, three feet from where the hole is, you know, where the tree is growing. Uh-huh. And um, I'm just wondering what I could do to um, uh, stop the, the root uh, from coming up and, and at the same time save my driveway. Well, trees and driveways don't always go together quite well. And um, let's see, to try to save that tree, 
Well, we could try a little bit of, uh, of trimming, but I, I can't guarantee you that it's uh, not going to do severe damage. If you've got a cracked driveway already, you may want to pull out those broken pieces, dig down and try to remo remove some of the root mass that's in that area, and then repatch the driveway. You would use an epoxy driveway patching compound, an epoxy cement, um, which is going to have more adhesive qualities than plain cement and it will seal it quite nicely. The thing is, if you get a lot of movement under there, though, and those, those tree roots want to lift up, it'll crack again. Yeah, I thought maybe uh, if, if you cut the root off right near the tree, but... Um, well, I mean, you could try that, but the thing is, you know, it may have some damage on the tree, or, or it might not. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll try it, uh, you know, uh, by uh, doing it in the driveway itself. All right, if the tree comes down, remember, 10, 12 feet away next time, okay? Right. All right. <laughs> Gene, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, this time of year, we're certainly using more and more candles around our homes. And if you are lighting the menorah or using candles to decorate for the holidays, we've got some tips to keep you safe. That's coming up after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home, sweet home, by calling 888 Money This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And as a homeowner, you guys are probably painfully aware, of course, by things breaking down, that your house and the items inside of it need regular maintenance. But you might not know exactly where you need to start. What do you have to do first? What do you do every month? What do you do once a year? What do you do once a season? And what you can do maybe every couple of years. I know it gets really confusing. Yeah, absolutely. But that's where we come in. You need to visit MoneyPit.com because right there on the bottom left side of our homepage is your home improvement calendar. It will lay out your home maintenance projects for you weekend by weekend, one month at a time, all year long. It's all free at MoneyPit.com. Check it out. Yeah, and if you head on over to MoneyPit.com right now, I bet you can find some projects that have been brewing and maybe want to be number one or number two on your New Year's resolution list. So head over there today. And in fact, we've got some great information, you know, about the holidays and candles and how everybody loves to have candlelight in your house. And they really do add such a beautiful softness and just glow to a party or even just an evening at home. But you do need to keep in mind that there are safety tips that you do need to follow. Just because it's a candle and the flame is very small doesn't mean that it doesn't pose a hazard to you and your family and your home. Number one, never leave a candle burning in your room unattended. Make sure you just blow them out before you leave the room, even if it's just for a few minutes, because a few minutes can turn into a half an hour if you get a phone call or something. And make sure you especially blow them out before you go to sleep. If you celebrate Hanukkah, make sure you get an electric menorah. If you really, really have to have the real thing next year, make sure you choose a menorah that has sturdy candle holders in 
in them so that the candle themselves aren't going to tip over or burn, you know, and fall down and get wax all over the place. You really want to make sure that there's a little bay area underneath the candle itself to catch that dripping wax. You also want to keep your candles away from clothing and books and magazines, especially curtains. So mind where you place them. And after you use your candle, make sure you trim the wick to about a quarter of an inch. And don't use pillar or taper candles when they get within two inches of the holder. So you really want to make sure that you do safe operations and you maintain your candles properly. I know they seem like a small thing, but a small situation can turn into a really bad fire. So pay attention and enjoy them. Good advice that will keep you safe. 8 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Gary in Oregon, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I have a, a shower that probably hasn't been cleaned in uh, many years. Okay. And it has a buildup of uh, water spots on the glass and mm-hmm. on the metal framing. And also on the, uh, it has a cultured marble sides. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, we were doing very well getting this uh, soaps come off, but the water spots are terrible, and they're on the uh, metal framing of the glass door and the window. Okay, well, there's a product called CLR. Have you heard of that? CLR? CLR. It stands for calcium lime rust. It takes off a lot of those mineral deposits, which is Mm -hmm. what you're seeing, and um, that should be all you need. Well, and also, Gary, if you've got um, some white vinegar around the house, I would just put some on a sponge and see how you do with that because the white vinegar does very well at sort of disintegrating all of that mineral buildup as well. Because it's been there for ages and ages, you might need to step it up to the CLR, but I would start with vinegar. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Catherine in Indiana is dealing with an issue in the toilet tank. What do you have, rust stains? What's going on in there? Oh, well, uh, the inside of the tank uh, gets a lot of rust in it. I have water with some rust problems and no water softener. And I can clean the bowl with a toilet brush, but I'm thinking if I could get all of that rusty scum out of the tank, maybe the toilet bowl wouldn't get dirty so fast. Now, I have tried using a brush on the inside of the tank. What that does is just settle all those rust particles mm-hmm. down to the bottom, okay. and that sucks them into the toilet again. <laughs> have you tried using CLR, calcium lime rust? No, I have not. Okay, that's a good product for cleaning up toilet tanks and toilet bowls, CLR. It's been around for a, for a zillion years, and it really works pretty well. I'd give that a shot. Not so unusual to find those types of rust deposits, usually from the iron that's in the water that builds up over a number of years, and that product's specifically designed to try to get it out. Now, that's not going to interfere with the... Uh, the the plastic mechanism that's inside no, there. Is no, it? no, no, not at all. Uh, what you have to watch out for when it comes to the mechanisms of the toilets are bleach-based yeah. cleansers. Bleach is very corrosive. But if you use a product like CLR, you'll be perfectly fine. Oh, I hope so. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, you might be staring at your Christmas tree and noticing that it's getting a little dry and crunchy and the needles are hitting the floor and you're thinking about ways to get it out of your house pretty soon. But you're wondering, how can I get it out without 8,000 needles hitting the floor and then me finding them next year? When we come back, we're going to tell you how to make that post-Christmas cleanup a little bit easier. Money Pit.
The Money Pit is being brought to you by Guardian Home Standby Generators, America's choice in power outage protection. Learn more at guardiangenerators.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. And one question you might have is, how do I keep my furniture looking new all the time? We've got the solution. If you call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, we're giving away a SureFit Stretch Suede Slip Cover worth $120. It's washable. It's easy to use. And your old furniture will get a whole new look. If you want to win it, pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us. And if you are lucky enough to be our fantastic winner this hour, you are going to get the great slipcover. And you know, a slipcover is really an excellent way to not only change the look of a room in your house, but you can also cover up some unsightly stains, especially if you've got kids in the house. They spill everything on every piece of upholstery and at some point you just give up on the cleaning so a slip cover is an excellent way to do that now with your christmas tree when you end up with a huge stack of needles you really don't want to sweep those under the rug so we've got some ideas here to help you make your christmas cleanup a lot less of a headache than it usually turns out to be first off skip the tinsel i know it looks great and it's really festive but it gets everywhere including on your cats and dogs and you will be finding strands of that glittery silver stuff until the summertime you know what speaking of cats and dogs do you know what spot did last year gosh did he eat it he ate the tinsel <laughs> and there was silver poop apparently it tastes good so <laughs> after a while i noticed that the tree had was sort of tinsel light you know maybe about two feet <laughs> off the off the ground but Spot was receiving radio transmissions fantastically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what we do instead of tinsel, which I think is a great idea? I bought like a um, a red beaded garland mm-hmm. and I cut it up into, you know, maybe eight inch long pieces. And then I draped it over the branches of the tree. So it was like a thicker beading and they weren't beaded on a string. They were sort of like the bead was affixed to the string. So when I cut it, it didn't all slip off. You know what I'm saying? And that really looks fantastic. How about foil wrapping? That's probably another good idea to do. Oh, gosh. Foil wrapping paper is fantastic. It looks great. It's not as easy to open as paper paper. So, you know, when the kids want to sit down and just rip into a gift, you know, they need to be a little bit more cautious at it. But it means that there's less paper to clean up. Plus, it's recyclable. And finally, um, a quick tip now to clean up all those pine needles. I love Christmas tree bags. You know, those big bags that go under the tree, simply lift them up and around and over the tree and toss the whole thing out. Mm -hmm. But what do you do if uh, you forgot to put one down? Well, actually... If you wait till after Christmas, you can probably buy them half off. <laughs> and with all of the uh, ornaments and stuff off the tree, it actually gets kind of light because it's pretty dried out by then. Just lift it up, slip the bag underneath, and then pick it up around the sides and take it outside. In fact, I don't even pull the stand out. I take it outside, and then I cut open the bottom of the bag and, like, extract my stand. Really? And it's already on the side of the road. Yeah, so I don't have any needles that hit the ground. I always lay it down onto a sheet. Mm-hmm. And then roll the whole thing up in a sheet. And having lived in Manhattan for many years, there was a time when my tree was so petrified and so wide that I cut it up into like four sections and brought it down sideways. Well, there you go. Some tips, some tricks, and techniques to make your holiday cleanups just a bit easier. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Ernie in Kansas needs some help with a swimming pool. What's going on? I have a um, an inbound swimming pool and... The finish coat on the steps where you enter into the pool is um, there's a hollow sound underneath there, which tells me that the top coat uh, water has gotten in underneath it. 
seems like the code is about three eighths, between three eighths of an inch to three quarters of an inch thick. And when I break that out and replace that top coat, I was wondering whether I need to use some type of a bonding product, uh, which would adhere the new uh, cement type top coating. Okay, Ernie, there's a product that will work for that that is called Abocrete, A-B-O-C-R-E-T-E. And it's one of the products that's made by the Abitron company. And the best thing for you to do is to go to their website and buy it right off the website. It's A-B-A-T-R-O-N. When you get on their website, you can search uh, the word pool, and you'll find they have actually a swimming pool selection guide that outlines the products. But Abacrete is the product that you use when you have to do like a resurfacing because of a deterioration. Mm-hmm. And it's basically an epoxy patching and a resurfacing compound. And the reason you want to use epoxy is because it's going to stick. If you use anything that's just masonry-based and not epoxy, they won't will, stick to one it'll another. chip right off. Okay, real fine. One other item was uh, I had sandblasted the epoxy coating off of the pool. Okay. I'm wondering, I was wondering whether there was any other product rather than epoxy paint. Yeah, when you visit the website, there's another product that they have called Abacoat, and it comes in custom colors and a variety of standard colors that are available, and that's sort of the refinishing of all the painted surfaces of the pool as well. And really, their products are outstanding. When I had to put a new floor down in my basement, you know, I I pulled up what was there and found just a mishmash of unleveled disaster area, and I recoated the whole floor with the Abacrete, and it came out fantastic. It's level. It was easy to do. I mean, it really is a good product. Okay, real fine. Well, I sure appreciate the uh, the information. Well, you're very welcome, and good luck with that project. And make sure you invite us over to swim, okay? <laughs> there you go. Okay, real Thanks fine. so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Marion, Illinois needs some help cleaning the kitchen counter. What's going on? Tell us about it. What I found is floor tile ceramic floor tile, but I would like to use it for my kitchen countertop. It's okay. just a, a really lovely tile. Is it sealed? Yes. Okay. And a friend told me that you could disinfect the tile, but you couldn't disinfect the grout. And for use in a kitchen, I, you know, I just wondered, is this practical to use floor tile for countertop? Sure, why not? I mean, yeah, tile is used all the time in a countertop situation. I think it's important to seal that grout. Number one, you're going to prevent dirt and bacteria from getting in there, and it's also going to make your cleaning process a lot easier. So I say go for it. It'll make a really nice project and something that you can easily do yourself. And the seams would be the same as it would be on a floor, or can you make them more narrow? Well, if you're going to use a floor tile, you're going to, you're going to have a wider joint, Yes. And in, in that case, I think, Leslie, what she might be talking about is the difference between sand grout and non-sanded mm-hmm. grout. How large are these tiles? Are they 12-inch square, 16? They're 12-inch. They're 12-inch square. Usually, on the floor situation, you're going to have a wider grout line, which means you're going to use a sanded grout to accommodate more space. I say go ahead and make them much more close together and go ahead and use a non-sanded, because then it'll fill in more nicely in those narrow spaces, and then do seal that grout. Yeah, absolutely seal it. You want to use a silicone-based sealer, Mary, and do it right away, because this way it won't have a chance to get dirty.
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we say a rolling stone gathers no moss. Well, we don't say that, but we do say that a dark porch does. <laughs> Coming up, we'll have tips on how to demoss your wood surfaces, like your porch, so you won't slip and fall in the dark. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Owens Corning. It's easy to insulate your home and save money. What's stopping you? Learn more at insulateandsave.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Or if you're feeling a bit shy, head on over to moneypit.com. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie and send us an email question. Because now it's time for us to get into that part of the show. And we've got one here from John in Florida. All right. John writes, part of my front porch never gets sun. And there is both moss and black mold growing on my wood railings. A nice combination. (laughs) I know. It's like, oh, that sounds terrible. How do I get rid of it? And is there a way to prevent it from coming back? Well, actually, the reason that it forms is probably because you're in such a shady spot that you don't have any natural sunlight there, which is the best way to get rid of moss and mildew. But seeing that, another thing that you can do is to use a house cleaner. There's a good product out called Mold Armor, which is a house cleaner with a mildew stain remover that works very, Mm -hmm. very good. You can go to the website at moldarmor.com and and check that out. But it's really a two-step process because after you get it clean, John, then what you can do is you can actually add another product called a house protector. And the way this house protector stuff works really good, also made by Mold Armor, it really puts in sort of a barrier that stops the mold from being able to penetrate, and it protects the surface of the wood. It'll also protect wood, vinyl, stucco, aluminum. So really, once you get the uh, the mold off, put the Mold Armor house protector down, and it won't come back. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything you do, you can do to get more sunlight to that area, do so. It will be very, very helpful. All right, Mike in Dalton, Georgia writes, I left my Christmas lights on all day for several days. Now there are little melted indents in the shape of Christmas lights in the vinyl siding all around my garage. That's not good. Is there any way to repair or fill these? Uh, it sounds like you're using the old-fashioned, uh, you know, torch-style <laughs> Christmas bulbs because they got... <laughs> Awfully hot. Um, So I would definitely get rid of that light string. That's really not a good thing. Uh, In terms of repairing the vinyl siding, sorry. Once you physically damage that, you can't patch it, but you're just going to have to replace it. Well, can't uh, you rearrange from like a bottom row? Well, I mean, he possibly could do that. He could take some pieces from one section and move it to another. That's true. Even if he puts a new piece in, he's going to find that the color's slightly different because they all fade differently. Mm -hmm. But you could try moving some stuff around. But definitely get rid of those lights because they shouldn't be that hot. And what does he need? He needs one of those um, zipper, what do they call that for siding? Is it like a zipper tool? Oh, the zip tool. tool. Yeah, it helps you pull the siding apart and put it back together again. It's a little zip tool. You can get any home center. It's a pretty inexpensive, handy little thing to have. All right. Patricia from New Jersey writes, what's the best way to measure carpet, especially when stairs are concerned? I need to order carpeting for my double set of stairs with a landing in between and a hallway upstairs with odd shaped nooks and corners. Hmm. I don't want to be short or pay extra for what I don't need, which I'm afraid is going to happen if the carpet place measures it. Well, the carpet place is pretty good at measuring stuff, and I don't think they're going to want to sell you a whole lot of carpet you're not going to need. But I'll give you a couple of basic rules of thumb. First of all, if you're trying to figure out how much carpet you need for a square area, generally you want to take length times 
width in feet and divide by 8. Of course, if you divided by 9, you'd have perfect square yards, but that doesn't allow for any waste. If you divide mm-hmm. by 8, you'll have a little bit extra. For the stairs, generally you're going to choose, especially a double stair, you're going to actually estimate about one yard for each step. So that does add quite a bit uh, to it. Mm-hmm. And Patricia, what I would do is in the area like your hallways and your landings that have weird nooks and crannies, try to just divvy it up into square areas. So do measurements and sections and then figure out the carpet needs for those areas and then add them all up. That should get you pretty close. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com where you'll find lots of tips to help you clean up from your holiday messes as well as some New Year's resolutions for your home to help you start the new year outright. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Helping you build big dreams. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.